Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 504. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's simple for me. It's don't take no for an answer. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Boris Said. Boris, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, I'm always ready. Ready for a ride anytime. (laughs) You are, absolutely. Boris Said is an American race car driver from Carlsbad, California, who's been racing for over 25 years. His father was Bob Said a Formula One race driver, and a U.S. Olympic bobsled driver. In his early days, Boris raced motorcycles, then SECA in the late 80s, and from there he moved to the IMSA series and a BMW M3. He's won the 24 hours of Daytona, the 12 hours of Sebring, and the 24 hours of the Nürburgring. Boris has raced in the NASCAR in the Craftsman Truck Series and in cars as well, and he's raced in the America Le Mans Series and also competed in the X Games and the Baja 1000. Whether it's endurance, off-road, touring cars, Boris has raced them all. He's also a partner in a VW dealership and a BMW dealership, and he's the co-owner at K1 Speed, a nationwide business with 34 indoor karting tracks. Wow, Boris, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before we get into the questions and tell us a little bit more about your racing career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Yeah, I mean, ever since I was a little kid, you know, I liked speed and rode dirt bikes ever since I was probably 10 years old. You know, I never really liked car racing. I thought I'd ever even, I never even watched it on TV. You know, I got introduced to it in 1985. A friend of mine gave me a trip to the Detroit Grand Prix to see a Formula One race. And uh, I didn't want to go. I thought that's going to be boring. And uh, the second I got there and the second those cars came on the track, I'll, I'll never forget Ayrton sending that black <laughs> black Lotus car and, and, and the sound it made and the speed. And it was the first time I understood what addiction was because as soon as I saw those cars, I, I had to do it. I mean, wow. I was just like, I just never wanted to do it anymore in my life. And two weeks later, I went to a Skip Barber racing school. And a year later, I sold my business and, and, and just went car racing. And I, originally, I was only going to do it for about a year and then open up a Harley Davidson dealership. And uh, I was 25 years old and and I just thought, man, oh man, is this this is just the best thing ever. And uh, 
And I started driving my own car to the track, a Mustang, and I just went from there to Corvette Challenge to Trans Am to racing in Europe with Callaway, and and I just can't believe I've been doing it for almost 30 years now. It's just been a uh, been an amazing career, and I've just had a, a blast. Just a lot of fun, and met a lot of cool people along the way, and just you know I've gotten to drive so many cool cars. I've been I've forgotten half of them. Yeah, you know, it's just incredible when I look over the history and I was trying to figure out how do I introduce a guy that's been doing this for so long and driven so many cars and done so many things. Little did you know that little trip to the racetrack was going to lead to this. That's really an incredible story. And we're going to learn more about you as we move along. But first, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or some kind of mantra. This is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, I know you love to drive, Boris, so take the wheel. I mean, really, it's it's, it's simple for me. It's don't take no for an answer. You know, I, I've heard that my whole life. No, you know, you're you're too poor, you're too old, you don't have the talent. In this country that we live in, I mean, one of the things that makes it such a great country is if you have the will you know, you can find a way and anything's possible in America. And, and, you know, I feel like I'm living proof of that. I remember I went to my first racing school and at the end of the school, I went up to the instructor and I was like, Hey man, what do I do next? I want to be a race car driver. What do I, what do I need to do? And he, he looked at me and he said, OSB. And I, I was real dumb. I'm like, what, what is that? Is like a book or a tape? Where do I get that? And he goes, no, no, no. Other sports beckon. He uh, goes, trust me. Oh God. You're too old and you're too poor. And, uh, I never forgot that. And I mean, it was a, I don't know if it was a motivator, but you know, I've, I've kind of had that my whole life, you know, e- even in the beginning of the show, when you said my father was a Formula One, you know, guy, you know, he, he left home when I was six and left my mother high and dry with two kids. So mm. I never saw him after that until I actually started racing and, and started to learn a lot about him. Yeah. But uh, I guess it's true that, you know, racing's in your genes because that's what he did when he was younger. And, and that's what I've been doing my whole life. And, I still feel you know, even though I'm the oldest guy out there now, 53. Wow. It's an incredible story. And, you know, I hear this from so many racers. I've had dozens of racers here on Cars Jazz. Never give up. Never give up. And uh, I love that. Don't take no for an answer. It's the only way you're going to get to your dreams and to your goals. And you're living proof of that. Would you share a story that instigated your passion for racing? You talked about going to that one F1 race. So you may have already answered this question but is there a pivotal moment was that the pivotal moment when you said you know what i'm gonna race cars oh, absolutely you know before that you know i was into motorcycles and motocross and riding dirt bikes and if a car race was on tv i, I wouldn't even look at it you hmm. know i mean i would skip right over and think oh, that's for old men that's stupid <laughs> and uh, when i saw it in real life and the noise and the smell and just seeing the speed of it it was just like i don't know it's really hard to explain, but it was literally, I just had to do it. Like, I, there wasn't anything that was going to stop me to get in a car like that and just do it. And um, and I haven't looked back since. I mean, I, I feel like a little kid at Christmas sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I don't know how many races I've done in my career, but, you know, for years I was doing 45 races a year. And, wow. You know, sometimes nine or ten different series a year, you know, doing one-offs. And, and it's just been been amazing fun well and you've got to travel around the world as we're talking today you just returned from uh racing in germany is that right yeah yeah, yeah. racing in germany and i've you know i've been to china japan australia you know bathurst you know nurburgring i mean all, all the greatest tracks in the world i've been on all of them uh, it's, it's just hard to explain 
you know, what a thrill it's been and, and what it still is. I mean, I can't believe I've been doing something this long and I still feel like a little kid at Christmas you know, every time I get to get into a new car. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, you've chosen a profession that is fraught with ups and downs and failures and, as you said, a lot of no's. Would you share with our listeners a huge challenge or even better, a big failure that you faced along the way? One of those things that could have stopped you in your tracks and made you uh, go back to maybe a Harley dealer or do something different with your life. But the most important part of this question has to do with how did you overcome that challenge and how were you able to move forward and learn from it? Well, I mean, the cool part of the sport is it's not like other sports like baseball or tennis or football. With those sports, it's easy to get your shot. You know, I mean, they, they see you playing it in the high school and if you're good, they sign you up and you get, you know, you go to college and then you go to pros and, and, and there's an easy path to make it if, if you're good enough. But in racing, you know, it's so expensive. And if you don't, if you're not rich or if you don't have a famous dad, it's hard to get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're trying to talk a guy into letting him, hey, let me drive your car. And he's like, hey, this car is $200,000. You have no experience and no money. Why should I let you drive it? Right. You know, so you, you, the hardest thing is to get your shot. And then once you get your shot, you got to have the performance. So that's the most difficult thing. And, and, and I probably asked when I started racing, I, I basically, when I started racing in 1988, the Corvette Challenge, I had enough money to do one year of racing. I was blowing everything I had. Mm-hmm. And in that year, everybody I met, I would ask them, hey, can I drive your car? Can I drive your car? Can I drive your car? And I asked so many people, you know, that old adage, if you swing the bat enough, sooner or later you're going to get a hit. Right. And I was asking that question so many times. I, I can remember people, when they see me coming, they would turn away and try <laughs> yeah. to walk away. Here he comes again. Them. Yeah, they cringed. And all those people that first year, you know, that I kept asking, you know, guys like Tom Glory, who I ended up racing in Trans Am for, and, and Jack Roush, and Tom Miller, who I ran for 14 years in BMW's floor. You know, they were all people that I were bugging that first year I ever raced. Right. And uh, it's really about making relationships, and it's about, you know, just you know, after you hear five or 600 no's, it, it gets pretty depressing. You know, you think, well, what am I going to do? I don't have the money. You know, I don't right. have anybody to fall back on. And, and yeah, at times, you know, you get low and you get sad, but you just, you know, if you want it bad enough, you know, you got to just keep on trying and keep on figuring out new ways to approach people. And, and you know, it ended up, it, it really worked. I remember the turning point was one year I was doing the 24 hours of Daytona and, and I was always talking to people. If I was running one car, I was always talking to the people that had the next fastest car, you know, I always try to move up the ladder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember meeting these German guys that barely spoke English and at Daytona and uh you know I wined and dined them you know we went to strip clubs and you know they told me about they were going to race this Callaway Corvette in Germany and and, and I never raced over there been over there and I I was like man you got to have me come over and drive that car I know Corvettes you know let me drive it let me drive it let me drive it <laughs> took them out drank beer went to strip clubs did whatever they wanted to do I was doing just to try to get them to say yes and, and they said no no we have our driver and I eventually gave up on those guys. And about four months later in California, I was in bed. I got a call about 5.30 in the morning and it was Reeves Calloway. And I'm like, you know, does the guy not know that it's three hours earlier here than Connecticut? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but he said, hey, remember the guy Ernst, you know, with the Calloway Corvette? He's, uh, he's in Germany and, and, and they're at the racetrack and their driver broke his hand and they need a driver. Mm. Could you get there? And I'm like, 
Do you know how much a ticket would cost? <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, well, just find out and call me back. So you know, I hung up the phone, called the airport. Yeah, there's a flight. And sure enough, he goes, get on it. They'll pay for the flight. And, you know, I woke up my girlfriend and said, hey, I'm going to Europe. And she was dead asleep. And I just took, grab, grabbed my passport, packed a bag, and headed to the airport. And next yeah. thing you know, I ran in Germany. Nobody's speaking English. I have no idea where I'm at. And some guy picks me up and can speak a word of English. And I ended up doing this race in the German GT uh, series. Uh-huh. And that kind of, you know, it was a Corvette. And back then, you know, they thought, you know, a Corvette was for pimps and you know, it wasn't a race car, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was just a car people cruise around in, but it was a fantastic race car. It always has been. Sure. And uh, so they thought I was some kind of hero. Drove this car from last to 10th and got a lot of press. And I remember Michael Schumacher was there. I had a private meeting with him. And wow. even after the he came up and congratulated me on a great run. And, and um, it was just that really jump-started my career. Yeah. And and it's funny, and after, after all these years, this year I'm racing for Callaway in Europe again, the same guys, you know, 20, <laughs> 20 years later. It's a, you know, this is a wonderful testament to those listeners out there in any kind of business. It's that old adage in racing, never, never, ever give up, and just keep asking, keep at it, and keep moving forward. And you're an awesome, awesome story you shared with us about just, you know, you just keep asking no matter what, and eventually... A door will open somewhere, an opportunity like the one where their driver injured himself and you were ready and jumped on a plane and went. So, yeah, just never give up. Just keep plugging away. Now, let's talk a little bit about an aha moment in your racing career. And maybe, uh, again, you jumped ahead and shared a little bit of one there. But was there an aha moment along the way that you said, ah, this is the direction I should go. This is the path I should go down to get me to where I eventually want to be? No, I mean, I just always tried to get in the next fastest car, you know, whether I was doing production racing and in the Firehawk series, I wanted to get in the Trans Am car, you know, then I eventually got tested in a Trans Am car and I wanted to race in Europe to race against, you know, what I thought were the best people in sports car racing. Sure. And I got to do that with Callaway. And then once I was in Trans Am, I'm like, man, I need to get a NASCAR. Look at Daytona. I mean, I used to watch Dale Earnhardt Sr. at the Daytona 500 thing. And, man, what, that guy, mm -hmm. if I could drive like anybody, I'd want to drive like that guy. Sure. Like, he was the man. So, you know, I started asking about NASCAR. And, you know, eventually, you know, the door opened up and you get a test. And, and you know, I, I, I've been fortunate enough since 1998 to do a lot of NASCAR road racing. Oh, and yeah. some old, actually. So uh, I was always looking for the next challenge the next hardest thing you know back in the day when the first time i went and raced over at nurburgring on the formula one track and i saw the old track north life i'm like i gotta race on this thing <laughs> this is the best road in the world and you know when i tried to get bmw to let me race in the 24 hours in nurburgring they told me i'm crazy you know the europeans are like no american can learn this track mm. this is a european only thing it's too complicated and blah 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 but you know, my good friend Hans Stuck actually, you know, he vetted me and talked him in to give me a chance. And, you know, as it turned out, the first year I, I had a lot of speed, but I, I unfortunately, I wrecked the car. And uh, that was a devastating moment in my career at four in the morning when I dumpstered a, you know, $500,000 BMW. Uh. thought they'd never had me back again, but, but they did. And, and the next year I finished second. And the year after that, I became the first American and the only American to, to win that prestigious race. So, wow. You know, just like that, it would always kept me going and just what's always driven me in my life. Yeah, well, congratulations for that. Awesome story. Uh, let's go way back in time. You've driven just about every kind of race car there seems to be, but what was your 
first really special race car, that car that you got in and you went, yes, I am here. I'm racing in something I've always dreamed about. The first time I was on a racetrack, you know, my Ford Mustang, my 1986 Ford Mustang, I thought, man, it's never going to get better than this. (laughs) And, uh, you know, now it's like, you know, people always ask you, what's your favorite car? What's the best car you ever raced? But, you know, they're like girlfriends. They were all a little different. I like them all. You know, they're just <laughs> awesome, awesome cars. I mean, all of them. And they all have their own personality. Yeah. And, and I still, I can remember certain things about all the different cars I drive. You know, whether it's a NASCAR or Cowley Corvette in Europe or, you know, front-wheel drive Dodge Stealth. They all, they all have their, their, their good points and, and sometimes their bad points. Sure. Let's have a little bit of fun here. I'd love for you to go back. And, and this could be tough, but maybe it's really easy. Is there one race that you've competed in that stands out as the race? The one that you just go, wow, that is so cool. I got to do that. Uh, perhaps it's a race you won. Maybe it's a race you didn't win. But is there one memorable race you can share with us? I guess there's, I mean, it was pretty cool being on the pole my first time at Le Mans in class. You know, I mean, a lot of history there. Oh, yeah. But for sure, the one moment that really always sticks out in my mind is standing on the victory podium at Nürburgring, you know, which is something that no American's ever done. You know, now I have a plaque on this wall with all the, the winners of major auto racing there. But the but the main thing is, is, is it's pretty close to where the Ardennes Forest was, where the Battle of the Bulge took place. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the history that happened there, you know, 60 years earlier, and the fact that Adolf Hitler, this, you know, crazy evil ruler, you know, built this beautiful racetrack. And, and, and when they were on the victory stand and they were playing the national anthem, all I can think about was, man, Adolf Hitler would roll over his grave. <laughs> kid from California with an afro winning on his same track. And, and, and it really, uh, it sticks in my mind a lot. And I think about it a lot. And it, it was a moment. You know, yeah, that's a, pre- well, obviously an incredible moment for you, but that's a pretty interesting way to think about it yeah i never i've been to that track a few times and got to drive on it just in rental cars and things like that but uh i've never thought about it that way that's very very interesting now let's talk about today and moving forward in 2016 what are you doing right now what's coming up this year that really has you excited and fired up well it's funny is that you know my friends my people that live around us that we that don't know racing you know they always ask me the question like when are you gonna retire how long can you keep (laughs) doing this stuff And, and you know i I don't really know how to retire. You know, last year I decided I was going to retire. You know, look, I'm not driving. I got hurt in a prototype car the year before, and I, I'm not really getting a competitive ride because I am older. You know, I'm 53 now. Maybe it's time to stop. And so I, I was telling people last year that I was going to retire. But then, you know, a week before Christmas, Joe Gibbs called me up and said, hey, would you be interested in running Kyle Bush's nationwide car? And I'm like, uh, yeah, the road race is sure. <laughs> and he goes, well, actually, we're thinking of running some ovals too. And I, and I said, hey, Joe, let's just make this, let's just get something out of the way clear. You know, I'm 53 years old, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, you know, I'm more of a road racer, not really an oval racer, right? And he goes, yeah. Okay, I'll do it. Just as long as you get that out of the way, you know. And, I, and so I got this great ride last year, and I figured, all right, I'm going to run for Joe Gibbs. Yeah. And so then this year, you know, it was kind of the same thing. I was like, well, I'll just see if something happens. And I got this opportunity to go to Europe with Callaway and do seven races over there in this, some different series and go back to Nürburgring with them and, and, and this really cool Corvette. So I'm like, well, yeah, I'm in. Let, let's do it. You know, I mean, I have a lot of businesses now. 
have a 12 year old son. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really, really busy with my car dealerships and, but to get to go racing now, it doesn't, it just seems more like a vacation and I'm really cherishing every race now. So. Well, we're all excited you're still racing. It's absolutely spectacular. And uh, yeah, it is a young man's sport. So I imagine every year it's, it's a little harder to stay in shape and, and get out there. But uh, we're all so happy that you're doing that. What a wonderful experience. Now, here's a very introspective question. I'm real interested how you're going to answer this. If you were a race car, Boris, what kind of race car would you be and why? <laughs> I guess it depends on the day of the week, you know. <laughs> Sometimes to be a NASCAR at Daytona in the super speedway is the speed is just incredible. You know, it just, it's amazing. But on other days I would like to be a BMW GTR at Nürburgring just because the, the way you can turn and the agility and the speed of the way it can corner is just yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I would have to be a mixture of the two. Interesting. I like it. Great answer. I would expect no, nothing less from you. So Boris, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit with over 80,000 patterns available and they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts and RVs, exteriors from the elements and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats and much much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Boris, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer. You know what this means. The white flag is out. It's time to put our foot down. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Right. What's the best racing advice you've ever received and who was it from it was learn from your mistakes mm. and the guy Ernie Irvin you know he said you learn a lot more from your mistakes than you do your successes ah absolutely I just watched a short video the other day with Nikki Lauda who won a uh, another award and he made the comment that he said uh, I learned a lot more from the races I lost in than the ones that I won so he kind of raised that trophy up and said this is for for all the losers out there so I thought that was 
Interesting, <laughs> interesting and nice thing to say. Yeah, we do learn a lot more from our, our mistakes. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your racing success over the years? I think the same in racing and business, you know, I, I always think if I'm not learning faster than the competition, I'm going to get beat. Mm. So, you know, I'm always trying to learn something, every race, track, every lap, you know, every day. Yeah. You know, I'm always trying to learn. I never feel like I know everything. Great. How about a resource? I know there's a lot of great resources out there, but is there one in particular you could share with the Cars Yeah listeners that you really enjoy? Uh, you know, websites, you know, I... I like autosport.com and I like racer.com and, mm. and probably autoracing1.com. Those are my three go-to every day. Awesome. Great. And how about a book? Is there a book you've read recently that you think the Cars Out listeners should crack open and read? You know, I'm not a big book reader, but Racing in the Rain was one, it was a pretty cool book about, you know, a, a racer, but from the, from the view of his dog. <laughs> yeah. The dog actually told the book and I, I thought that was a really cool book yeah garth stein's book yeah fantastic i've told our listeners before i really want to get him on the show i'm gonna i'm gonna get him on the show eventually but uh, i'll tell him that boris sent him and said he could be he should be on cars yeah well i'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources boris been so kind to share at cars on his very own show notes page just type boris in the show in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up all right boris this last question can be a real doozy If you could have only one collector car or one collector race car in your garage, maybe something historic, but don't worry about the cost because today I'll buy you whatever car you would like. What would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why? It would probably be Robbie Gordon's Baja 1000 trophy truck. Wow. I just think that's one of the coolest things ever. You know, I've raced Baja before and it's like racing in the Wild West. Yeah. And uh, it's something that I had some of the most fun I've ever had on four wheels. So I think that would be a pretty cool car to have driving around town. Yeah. (laughs) I think that'd be really cool. You know, I had Sal Fish on the show. I've seen pictures of you with him. Um, I've had several other people on the show who've raced the Baja 1000. I've been down there and driven over some of that back when I was a kid with some people. And, uh, Oh my gosh, that's just a crazy, crazy. I don't know how anybody even finishes that event, but, Robbie Gordon's Baja 1000 trophy truck. That is probably one of the most unique answers to that question I've heard here on Cars. Yeah. So awesome. Great. I'll make sure that I get that for you. Do you know where that car sits these days? Is it a museum somewhere? Oh, he's probably got one in his race shop, I would think. You yeah. Know I mean, he's got so many trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Boris, so you have taken me on an awesome ride around the track today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed your stories. I've followed your career for so long, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners today. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you head off down that dirt road in Baja, California, and Robbie Gordon's Baja 1000 trophy truck? You know, I, I guess I would just say, you know, racing is such a cool sport, and, and a lot of people think it's unattainable, you know, but there's a lot of ways you can enjoy racing, whether it's an autocross at, you know, your local sports stadium or doing a track day with BMW Car Club or Porsche Car Club. I mean, I think that, you know, the cars are so cool right now, and there's so many cool street cars that, you know, you need to get out on a track and try them. Yeah. You know, so I, I would I would encourage everybody to do that. Awesome. Go to a car club, do an autocross. Join the SCCA, but it's just a fantastic way to have fun. Fantastic. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow what you're doing right now? Well, I'm kind of old school. I don't have websites or anything, but I guess I guess I started a um, 
a uh, Instagram account this year, and that's that's the first time I've ever tried that. Not very good at it. <laughs> well, I tweeted once in like 2009. I don't think I've ever done another tweet, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, uh, I'm using my Instagram account. I'm getting better at it, showing people where I'm at racing and showing some pictures of cool cars. What is that account? Is it at Boris said? Is it that simple? Just yeah, it's just Boris said. Yep. Okay, awesome. Well. Uh, listeners, you can find a link to his new Instagram account. I encourage you to follow it to encourage Boris to post more photos and things. It's pretty e- easy, Boris. My son helped me get the Cars yeah Instagram account going. And basically, you just pick pictures and videos up there, and uh, people just keep showing up and watching what you're doing. So it's kind of fun. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything Boris has been so kind to share at his very own show notes page at CarsYeah.com. Boris, thanks again for taking some time out of your morning with me here and being so generous and for sharing your expertise and your history in racing. It's been fantastic. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Take care. Thank you. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!